Three, two, and one. One, two, 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 zero, two, two. This particular way of reciting the date sounds almost bird-like, so let's fly right into this pre-holiday edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks to provide as much information as possible. But if you are avian in nature, apologies in advance for the lack of translation into dialects for all of our feathered friends. I'm Sean Tubbs, resisting the urge to make a witty comment about Twitter. On today's program, the Regional Housing Partnership hears from Delegate Sally Hudson about her housing priorities for the 2023 General Assembly and have a discussion on bottlenecks in the development review process. A quick look at what else may be coming up in the 2023 General Assembly and the Chris Long Foundation makes another round of book donations in partnership with the Boys and Girls Club of Central Virginia. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, that goes to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org slash donate. For the next couple of weeks, the format for this newsletter and podcast will change just a little bit. I record many more meetings than I am able to process during the busier weeks, I try to write and produce as many of these as possible as I can get to them, and it takes me a while to get back. A major issue facing our community is the ability of people to find housing they can afford. In the past two years, both Albemarle and Charlottesville have adopted affordable housing plans that seek to encourage, incentivize, and require below-market units to be constructed. Both localities are also part of the Regional Housing Partnership, coordinated by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. The partnership invited Delegate Sally Hudson to their December 5, 2022 meeting, so she would be able to hear directly from its members about issues facing the development community and local government. This took the form of a roundtable discussion with questions asked by Regional Housing Partnership Chair Albemarle Supervisor Ned Galloway. He was the moderator. First question I'll just throw out there was, you know, what legislative priorities, if any, do you have that impact affordable housing? Hudson said she is glad to help build a bridge between localities and the legislature on this topic. I think we all know that affordable housing is priority one, two, and three for the constituents that we collectively serve. Um, and it's going to take a lot of collaboration between state and local government in particular because the General Assembly is often handcuffing you all from doing the kind of uh, things that you need and, and denying you both the resources and the flexibility um, to try to tackle the problem with the full suite of tools that you deserve. 
Hudson said she has carried bills to allow Charlottesville flexibility. In 2020, HB 1105 easily passed both houses of the General Assembly and added the city to the list of localities authorized to adopt inclusionary rezoning rules to require units to be built at below market levels. In 2021, Hudson introduced another bill to give more protection to tenants against evictions, and that passed on a 55-44 to vote in the House of Delegates and 20-19 to in the Senate. Later that year, the Republicans took back the House of Delegates, a body they currently hold a 51-47 to majority in, with two vacancies. Special elections for two vacant House seats will be held on January 10th, and the General Assembly convenes the next day. Going into the next session, I am planning to introduce three bills, two of which were direct requests from local folks, one which came as a priority from the Board of Supervisors, which is about allowing short-term rentals uh, to have to expire if the property changes hands, um, because I think we're getting increasingly concerned about companies gobbling up lots of different properties that were perhaps intentionally, originally intended for owner-occupied housing to have maybe another stream of income on the property. Hudson said another bill was requested by individual members of the Charlottesville Planning Commission to study the possibility of allowing properties and residential units to be taxed at different rates. Um, potentially allowing for some more flexibility when we know we've got um, some underutilized opportunities for urban infill in the city. The third bill would be to set up minimum standards for accessory dwelling units statewide. Delegate Hudson also reminded the Regional Housing Partnership that Governor Glenn Youngkin has made the production of new housing a priority in the next session as part of his Make Virginia Home initiative. She said there must be additional funding. The current administration is sort of trying to hit demand-side subsidies and supply-side constraints against each other when really it's a yes-and answer. There are some units that will need to be permanently subsidized for tenants, for owners, that we know will not be able to maintain the industry that they need to stay in place. Hudson said she is concerned about proposals to fast-track construction of affordable housing by trying to expedite the permit process and easing zoning rules. I am concerned that the administration also needs cutting corners on labor and environmental regulations and allowing projects to go up faster because they're shortchanging either workers or the environment. One big topic in the conversation regarded what many developers say is a big holdup for the provision of all kinds of housing. I hear, and I'm sure that you do as well, in your conversations with developers about bottlenecks at the local level in the permitting and approval process. I don't feel like I've gotten a clear answer to the question about where in the the pipes of government are the slowdowns and what can be done to speed them up. Albemarle Supervisor Ned Galloway said it was a complex issue. How I would answer that is you have a systems issue. We have antiquated systems in use. We've got a personnel brand just spoke to trying to retain the people. In the last couple of months, Albemarle lost its director of planning and a senior planning manager to the private sector. But Galloway also said that different people may bring different levels of scrutiny to whatever application may be in front of them. He said he's interested in a three-pronged approach to reform. 
is the system, the mechanism they use to process the permits or whatever it is, as efficient as it can be? Do you have people in place to be able to do it? And then do you have the right mentality being done on the work that's actually being done? Albemarle has invested in new software, and that's a topic I'll be covering in an upcoming edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I bet you can't wait. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook said he believed there were personality conflicts that contribute to the bottlenecks. We've got a problem in the city of Charlottesville right now, without getting into a lot of detail, where you've got some folks on the private side who are just pissed off at the folks on the city side and vice versa, and they can't see eye to eye as to what, what an acceptable application looks like. And the city manager is trying to mediate this dispute between them. But we've got delays of a year or more on just things like engineering details that ought to be resolvable. And it's so frustrating for those of us who get, we get harped at on both sides. And basically what we need is for these two people to start, or two groups of people start acting like they're adults. Snook said he was concerned about state mandates from Richmond for specific clocks for action. That assumes, first of all, that the engineering people who are submitting the application have actually done a good faith effort to get the whole stupid thing finished instead of putting a 20% effort in and figure out we'll clean it up as we go along. And that's the kind of thing that we've had problems with. The regional housing partnership includes members from the private sector, including one developer who said he has experienced delays in both Albemarle and Charlottesville. He said he wanted to find solutions to getting building permits processed faster. I sit at this table because I'm passionate about it. I volunteer for the Blue Ridge Home Builders Association because I'm passionate about it. And um, we've been very grateful to the community development director at, this, uh, at Albemarle County for calling several roundtables engaging um, the Blue Ridge Home Builders Association. Toward the end of the meeting, Supervisor Ned Galloway asked about one of the bills that Hudson carried in the 2022 General Assembly. HB 1286 reduced the amount of time public housing authorities have to inform the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development about properties they may want to demolish, liquidate, or otherwise dispose of property. Last year, I carried a bill which was uh, a technical easy bill, but it was geared toward um, facilitating uh, faster redevelopment of public housing projects. In order to let residents know that their units were about to be renovated, there was two separate stages which could have proceeded in parallel and therefore allow residents to still get the same amount of timely notification that they were going to need to relocate temporarily while allowing the, the construction efforts to get moving. Hudson said that bill was a collaboration with housing authorities across Virginia. Delegate Hudson is also challenging Senator Creed Deeds for the Democratic nomination for Senate District 11. That creates an open seat in House District 54 next year. So far, only one candidate has filed, and that's Albemarle School Board member Katrina Carlson. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and with just a few days before the holidays, there is still one more day to help ensure someone who could really use a gift to get one this Christmas. 
The Student National Medical Association is partnering with the UVA Health Office of Diversity and Community Engagement to collect and distribute gift cards. Every year, UVA's SNMA chapter works with Charlottesville's City of Promise to sponsor a toy drive for the West Haven community. Children create holiday wish lists and your purchase of a $20 gift card from area stores or a donation through Venmo will help more community members have the opportunity to purchase the things they want for themselves and their children. This year, the SNMA has extended their reach in support of children and parents associated with Abundant Life Ministries and Well Aware. You can learn more in the flyer listed in the newsletter or call Jacqueline Martin at 434-409-4313. Just two more segments to go in this somewhat different edition of this program. Once the General Assembly begins, it can often be difficult to track the progress of individual bills, but each year I get a little bit more efficient. Let's see how we get this next time. Until the first gavel drops, it's fairly easy to tell you about new pieces of legislation that have been filed. Here's another roundup of what's in the hopper. Senator Amanda Chase has filed a bill that would revoke the ability of localities to decide for themselves if they want to ban possession of firearms on public property and would prevent localities from suing firearms manufacturers. Also, any weapons purchased through buyback programs would have to be sold at public auction rather than be destroyed. Delegate Bill Wiley has a bill to allow anyone to carry a concealed handgun without a permit. Senator Bill Stanley filed a bill to create the Science, Technology, Engineering, Mathematics plus Computing Competition Team Grant Program to encourage extracurricular clubs of that nature in public schools. Senator Barbara Favola has a bill that would allow localities or a park authority to create a system of walking trails including private easements, If passed, the property owners who grant such easements would be released from civil liabilities related to their use. Favola has another bill that would clarify the temporary detention law related to mental and physical conditions if the person involved is intoxicated. Another piece of legislation from Favola would place restrictions on how wine and beer can be displayed in stores to ensure that they are not placed next to non-alcoholic beverages. Delegate Lee Ware filed a bill to modify the way that cigars are taxed in Virginia. Finally, Delegate Tim Anderson seeks a constitutional amendment that would not allow personal property taxes to be collected on automobiles, pickup trucks, or motorcycles if they are used for personal use. A philanthropic organization associated with a successful player in the National Football League has made its latest contribution to the Charlottesville community. The Chris Long Foundation dropped by the Boys and Girls Club yesterday to hand out over a 1,000 books to club members from across the region. There's a quote in the newsletter, which you can read from Chris Long, where he basically says, it's the third book distribution. It means a lot to be able to do that. Uh, He says that all kids should be given the opportunity to excel. And that starts with igniting their passion for learning through books that spark their interest and enthusiasm for reading. This is all part of the Chris Long Foundation's EdZone initiative, which is described on the website as where elite athletes, coaches, and fans team up to help kids have access to the materials needed for educational equity and success. 
Just a quick note before I end this program. Generally, uh, here's how this works. Uh, If it's a piece of script that isn't assigned to a particular uh, speaker, then it goes through the, the funny effects that you hear. Or increasingly, I've been asking people to volunteer to read that little bit. You can do that too. Just drop me a line if you want to be added to the stable of people who want to do that kind of thing. Um, But if it is a quote from an actual person, I feel it's kind of disrespectful to put that, read somebody's voice in their own, blah, blah, blah. You get it. Anyway, that's the end of this program. And it is, uh, well, it's time to go. We are in the holidays now with me producing this afar from the usual studio. You may notice this if you just read the newsletter, but the audio version sounds different. And if you're reading both, you know that because you're listening to the audio version. Same microphone, but the words will be read out loud in different places. The podcast listener, again, you guys know, you know what's going on. Episode 475 is 47.5% of the way to episode 1000. After that, I will decide if it's worth it to continue producing Charlottesville Community Engagement. Until then, this work should always be regarded as an experiment. And I am grateful for those funding the research. That's over a quarter of the 1,800 people who have signed up for these fairly frequent updates on the nuts and bolts of our civilization. That mostly comes by paying for a subscription through Substack on whatever level you feel comfortable with. Just know that the company Ting will match that initial payment, for which I am endlessly grateful. This helps me really begin to see what the road to 1000 edition and beyond looks like. And why not give yourself the gift of faster broadband? Ting can help. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you'll get free installation, a second month for free, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall, safe travels to those traveling, and safe staying for those staying. Possibly vice versa, but I've not quite thought out the ramifications of such a statement. I'm Sean Tubbs. See you next time.